Now, the weather in Pennsylvania didn't make it feel like spring ball is here, but it finally is. Penn State kicks off 15 spring practices with the blue and white game ending it all. And James Franklin said it. There's a quarterback battle in Happy Valley. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and spring ball is finally here. It is 15 practices underway. The first one, Tuesday, March 14th, is in the books. It's in the past. And James Franklin had a very extensive press conference to talk about all the headlines and interesting news and notes leading up to uh, the spring ball practices that are going to go all the way through the Bloom White game, April 15th, when we're going to see it all in person, in action. And, of course, Locked on Nittany Lions is going to bring you everything you need to know about Penn State football as it goes through these 15 practices over the course of the next month. And Penn State's got a quarterback battle. And don't take my word for it. Take Penn State's and James Franklin, who says that this is an open QB battle. But is it really? I got seven takeaways from James Franklin's press conference as well as the uh, 15 minutes that media got to see uh, for the first spring ball practice, the inaugural practice of 2023. And it's an open quarterback battle, but is it really? Yes, to an extent. Yes, it is, because this has a lot more to do with Bo Prabula and his progress as opposed to Drew Aller not being as good. It's that Bo Prabula's got the ick factor, the dog in him, the athleticism, the leadership capabilities, and it's all coming together a little quicker than maybe some others anticipated in year two. This actually really reminds me of Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens, the quarterback battle back in 2016, because Bo has made strides and he is a hell of a football player. However, Drew is just much more of a pure passer than Bo. And I think the difference is going to be how well you can read defenses. And that was the same thing for Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens. Those guys, what it ultimately came down to was that McSorley was much better at reading defenses because Tommy Stevens, we all know, was a little more accurate, was a little more athletic. Trace McSorley had the accuracy. You can't sit here and say that uh, Stevens wasn't bigger, he wasn't faster, but at the end of the day, McSorley was the smarter, more cerebral quarterback. And I think that's where Drew Aller has that advantage this time around. But Bo Prabula has made his case for the coaches to say, Hey, this is an open quarterback battle. Uh, however, I think that you, you can't just let drew Aller skate away with the quarterback one job, right? You, you don't want drew Aller to get back get, you know, basically sit and feel comfortable and say, you know, well, I got all these reps behind Sean Clifford last season. I am quarterback number one, and there's really no threat. I also want to add to that. You don't, as a coaching staff, you don't take that much of an effort to get a quarterback in in the games the way you did last season with Drew at, at, at number two. And Drew Aller jumped Christian Bayer on the depth chart. Uh, 
no, I don't want to say right out of the gate, but the, the coaching staff felt that it was the right thing. It wasn't in the middle of the season and late down the stretch. It was right before, and probably the decision was made well before Purdue. So for Drew Aller, uh, I think this is a case to continue to light a fire underneath of him. Don't get complacent. Don't get comfortable. Uh, anybody, including Bo Prabula and Jackson Smolik, they are there to take your spot if you you are not up to the challenge. But I want to remind everybody that uh, this isn't an, an even quarterback battle. Drew Aller is uh, quarterback 1A. Bo Prabula is definitely a B. It's just a matter of how far the distance is. I think what people should feel good about is the fact that Bo Prabula is in serious competition and Drew Aller isn't running away with it. So if Aller, for whatever reason, and I don't want to speak it into existence, but we got the scare with the scooter and the boot, which is something James Franklin made light of in his press conference uh, on Tuesday. What if he's not available for whatever reason and Bo needs to go in? You can trust Bo. To, to play and, and have a really good game. And they're going to have a different game plan around him because that's a perfect segue into takeaway number two. So with all this quarterback competition, Penn State does have special plans for Bo Prabula. Even though Drew Aller is going to be quarterback number one, and I think he's going to win the job, that, that's without a, without a doubt. Penn State does, in fact, have special plans for Bo. And when I compared them to McSorley and Stevens, I, I mean that literally, not from the sense of Drew Aller's a direct comparison to Trace McSorley and Bo Prabula is Tommy Stevens, a Tommy Stevens clone. But Bo, in this sense, is Tommy Stevens, a very good second string quarterback that you can't keep off of the field. And James actually admitted that he said that he's going to get more reps by the end of camp. Bo Prabula is going to have more reps at quarterback by the end of camp. Now, why would that be? What exactly does that mean? Now, James also added that they're going to use Prabula in a variety of ways. Okay, so what this tells me is not that, oh, Bo Prabula is taking Drew Aller's job. He's taking his reps. That's not what that says to me. This says that Drew Aller is a different type of quarterback, that in terms of mobility, Drew Aller doesn't give you that same kind. He's got great pocket presence, uh, great pocket mobility, but in terms of straight line speed and athleticism, I got to chalk it up to Bo Prabula having the advantage. So in the case of Tommy Stevens, do you remember back in 2017 and 2018 when Stevens was used in that wild package or the lion package? That's what you're going to get with Bo Prabula. They're going to use Mike Yersich and have them create a, a new formation and new plays that they can use uh, and have that in their back pocket. Uh, is just more athletic and more mobile than Drew is. And Drew is your traditional pocket passer. Why not take advantages of guys who are on your roster and use that to your strength? Because Prabula is a capable passer as well. He's not just, uh, let's say, you know, your dual threat quarterback where yeah, the option is going to open a lot of things up. Bo can sling it, not the same as Drew, but Bo can definitely sling it. Saw it in the what we saw in 15 minutes of spring practice there on Tuesday. But there's a lot of things that you can design with him being a multi-dimensional quarterback where he can have the read option, keep it, and throw a good pass, or he can keep it himself, run the football, or give it off. So you now create that element of surprise that you are going to lose with Drew Aller. There's still going to be RPO. RPO doesn't always mean option necessarily in the run game, but what it does mean is that 
uh, for Drew Aller in this case, he's not going to be tucking it and running it a majority of the time like a Sean Clifford or a Trace McSorley could do at any point in time. And Bo Prabula can do that. So what James is alluding to is the fact that they can do so many things with a Lion type of package that Bo Prabula is going to be the quarterback in. So I, I thought that was really interesting. It is locked on Nittany Lions. Five more takeaways over these next two segments. And before we get to that, let's talk about today's sponsor of the show. And that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything that is your favorite in the NBA. The spread, the money line, the total, your player props, points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the 2 by 3 2 three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you can when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, you can learn so much more. So make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Go grab your bracket. You still got time and go listen to Locked on College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and insights from our local experts here at Locked on. The Locked on College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked on College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And again, thanks for helping the Locked on Nittany Lions YouTube channel go over 900 subscribers, fastly approaching 950. Appreciate that. The support and everything that you're going to need to know about spring ball will be right here. And these are the takeaways from the spring practice uh, press conference held by James Franklin on Tuesday. And we're sticking with the quarterbacks in takeaway number three because quarterback is going to be the most important position to develop in spring ball camp. And I mean, just the way the game of football has gone, this is obviously the case. You need your signal callers to be one of the best, if not the best guy in the locker room. And that's just as it should be uh, in this case for Penn state, why developing the quarterback is on the highest priority list. I know there's other things, you know, getting the wide receivers, you know, bringing Marcus Haggins in, how is Dion Barnes going to be with the defensive line, you know, leadership and leadership's important here too, with the quarterbacks, but between Aller and Prabula and Jackson Smolik, there's no starting experience. Uh, even though it's their second year in the roster for Prabula and Aller, there's really no veteran experience in the quarterback room. And your third string quarterback has zero college experience. So Franklin noted uh, this, all quarterbacks will have even reps to begin spring ball. And then we'll see what happens from there. Uh, but he also did say that Prabula is going to finish with more reps than any other quarterback because they're going to try to develop that lion package, that wildcat for Bo Prabula, which I think will be really electrifying to go from Drew Aller, who can fire a laser anywhere. And then you got to say, all right, now you got to deal with our running threat, uh, running dual threat quarterback behind him. I just think that's going to Mike Yersich is going to draw up quite this, quite the scheme uh, for those two. But Part of it in terms of tele talent development for these three, it's also leadership. 
Okay. Aller and, and Prabula and, and Smolik, they have to be the leaders because naturally at the quarterback position, you just have to be. It is the nature of this game. On top of that, Penn State has lost all of its captains. So you need to find somebody who's going to be vocal, who's going to lead by example, who the guys are going to be able to rally around. And it's more than just, well, Drew's talented, so he's naturally a, a leader. No, 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 no. You have to be able to command that respect. And sure, what you were able to do on the football field certainly helps, but you got to be able to do that with you know who you are, your character, and much more. So Penn State, uh, they're searching for leaders. James Franklin brought that up as a point of emphasis in the press conference. These quarterbacks need to grow up and become better in more ways than just players who can throw a football. <laughs> they got to be able to, to do it all in a short period of time. And, and what a better trio, I, mainly the duo, because they have one year of experience ahead of Smolik, but they brought him in for a reason. What I, I think this trio is up to the task. Uh, takeaway number four, this is going to go stick along the lines of competition, but we move to the offensive line. There's going to be competition along the offensive line, and I'll start with center because they start with the football and they give it to the quarterback. Hunter Norzad is not going to walk in and, and take the starting center job, and honestly, I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, I think that Nick Dawkins, who is going to be that head-to-head, -head, is, is a serious contender to take away reps and possibly be the starting center if you can buy that uh, from a six-year veteran and hunter norzet and potentially some other guards are going to be in this competition as well james franklin uh brought up by name sal warmly uh and he said other guards too so jb nelson could probably see some reps at center to see who is the bet best fit at the position i find this i find this not surprising for a variety of reasons but norzad played tackle at cornell for, for all of his time there and then played left or right guard 99% of the time. And then in garbage time, uh, played a little bit of center or snap the ball in, in a couple practice reps from, from what we saw center is a completely different position. Everybody that watches football knows this. I like Nick Dawkins, uh, someone who can really attest to that because uh, not only is he good friends with him, but played alongside him. And that's Aeneas Hawkins. Uh, the next time I uh, ask him to be on this podcast on this show, I'm going to definitely ask about uh, what he thinks and to provide that perspective. But Nick Dawkins, unfortunately, his progress was put on pause because he was hurt last season. And somebody that uh, was going to be a quality backup behind a Juice Scruggs had to miss out on a lot of time. I really do think he could seriously push Norzad because that's just his position. He is naturally a center. He's been in the program for a few years now. He's a veteran. That's just my opinion. Uh, at, at right tackle, this is where it gets interesting because Caden Wallace is not going to walk in and be the returning starter. He returns. That's great. But Drew Shelton has now emerged after taking over at left tackle for Olu Fashionu. He showed that now he wasn't perfect, was not perfect, but he showed a lot as a true freshman. And with that being said, you can't just put him back on the bench. We all didn't anticipate that Olu Fashionu was going to come back. Uh, we knew that there was interest in returning to Penn State, but just with the allure of the NFL draft and, and being a top 10, even a top five pick, you, you would think that would entice somebody. Uh, Olu Fashionu is very much the exception. 
Uh, he wants to get his college degree. He, he values his time at Penn State, which is why he returned. And I think there's a fire in him to help bring a national title, at the very least, a college football playoff berth to Happy Valley. So Olu Fashionu is going to return as the blind side left tackle. He's going to start uh, and protect Aller, Perbula, whoever's back there. He, he's going to be the anchor once again. So you, do you just bench Drew Shelton because of that? No, you give him the opportunity to see uh, if he can go compete at another position. And, and James Franklin said that it is going to be Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton. They're going to be starting Drew Shelton at right tackle for the sake of competition, meaning that he's going to slide over and take reps primarily at right tackle rather than being second fiddle to Olu Fashionu because they probably don't see that as a use of valuable time. So I, I give the advantage to Caden Wallace because he's the veteran. This is going to be his fifth year with the program, and he had quite the Rose Bowl. Wallace himself was injured, came back, and, and played very well uh, against a Utah defensive line that had success throughout the season and honestly quietly put on a show at the Rose Bowl. Uh, but there is a reason that Penn State is entertaining Drew Shelton at right tackle because Wallace wasn't consistent enough at last season uh, during the last season. And Penn State was looking for a tackle in the transfer portal. We remember that. They were going after some big names. At the end of the day, even if Wallace remains the starter, it makes Shelton more versatile because then he can play both sides. So if for whatever reason fashion is not available, for whatever reason Wallace isn't available, you can swing him to either side and then you won't miss a beat. And takeaway number five. Speaking of guys missing time between Fashionu and Wallace, uh, what we do know about injuries. Well, Franklin did confirm that Olu and Landon Tangwall are back in practicing, which is a good sign they've recovered very well. However, we did receive word that both veteran tight ends, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, have some quote-unquote bumps and bruises. They've been missing. Now, this makes a lot of sense, as to why Khalil Dinkins and some other tight ends, some other young tight ends were winning the winter workout warriors. I uh, look, I'm not trying to discredit them. I promise you, but it makes sense that the guys that are the veteran starters, they're coming back. They're, they're the, the two main guys at tight end and they weren't named and it felt strange no pun intended with Brenton Strange being gone. It did it did feel weird that Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren weren't being recognized consistently. Uh, Khalil Dinkins uh, sees the opportunity. That's really what it boils down to. When, when the door opens and, and you run through it, that's what Khalil Dinkins did. But now we know the people above them were missing. Uh, as we move to the final segment here of Locked On Nittany Lions, just a couple more takeaways, and we flip it over to the defense. I, I will say this. This isn't a takeaway, but not a, lo a whole lot to talk about, at least for now, as far as the linebackers and the defensive backs. They just weren't brought up as much. There were, you know, between Deion Barnes, of course, the quarterbacks <laughs> uh, and everything else. And not a lot of conversation about Singleton and, and Allen either, Katron Allen which was interesting enough, but defensive line got some attention. And I thought this was a very good question uh, asked uh, by the on three team. Uh, and they said, uh, they asked James uh, the size of the defensive tackles in particular, because uh, some of them remain the same weight. Some of them actually cut weight. If you can believe that uh, size of the defensive line does not matter to James Franklin and this Penn state staff. That's takeaway number six. Let me clarify that. James made it very clear that in the scheme of things, 
they will not sacrifice a player's athleticism just for them to put on weight. They don't want somebody to put on extra pounds of unhealthy weight. They would rather have lean muscle mass and speed as opposed to somebody just like, well, we got him to 315, but instead of him running a 4.6, he now runs a 4.8. It's just not worth it to Franklin. Uh, their goal is to get each player to their optimal lean mass. And if that's a heavier weight, so be it. But at least for this group, that's not the case. And, and James gave a lot of credit to the nutrition staff because they do their hard work. You know, like the, these guys are, are superhuman. <laughs> they're, they're athletic freaks. Uh, and part of that is because of the nutritionists on staff. But it is also why a lot of defensive tackles have remained at the same weight or even lost weight, if you can believe that, because they want them at their most athletic as opposed to, well, who get, who has the biggest belly on the team? That's not the point. The team believes in athleticism first, and that is for the defensive tackles as well. And I know what people are thinking. Well, they're in the middle. They need to eat up space. They need to clog up space. With the way that Manny Diaz runs this attacking style defense, I can live with that. And you should too, because this isn't a run stuffing your, your 2000s, three, four Baltimore Ravens defense, right? You don't need 350 pound nose guards to, to win football games as a Penn state football team, your defensive lineman in Manny Diaz's system in this four, three attacking blitzing style defense, you need guys, both defensive ends and defensive tackles. But I know we're on the subject of defensive tackles because people want them to weigh more. They want them to be bigger. Do you need them more so to play all three downs and then some, right? Because you're not always going to get a three and out immediately on the drive. You need players who can rush anywhere on the line of scrimmage. So that means your defensive tackles in the blitz scheme need be able need to be able to run the stunt, pull around, and instead of taking on the center and the guard, they're going to have to take on the tackle now. Someone who's a little more athletic and has a little more agility on the outside because they're used to the speed rush of the defensive ends. So you need players who not can, can not only survive those three downs and not say, well, they were on the first two downs, we stopped the run plays, and we got them off the field on third down because we knew it was a passing situation. Those days of football, I, I hate to say it because I do like, I love the three, four defense. I really do. I'm a Steelers fan. I, I love uh, the Dick LeBeau defenses, the three, fours, the Casey Hamptons. Those days are just gone both at the NFL level and at the college football level. You need guys that can play anywhere on the long line of scrimmage that can go up against guards, centers, tackles, and that's what these defensive tackles are for Penn State. They're an extension of the defensive ends on the interior, if that if I can make any sort of sense with that, right? Um, but that's what Penn State's looking for, the versatility, the ability to remain on the field and be able to go full strength and not be a liability on third down like a Casey Hampton was. You knew Casey Hampton was coming off the field when it was a passing situation. Uh, and then takeaway number seven, I had, and I, Casey Hampton was one of my favorite football players. I don't want to, you know, throw, <laughs> throw him under the bus and criticize him like that. But takeaway number seven, the traditional blue and white game is coming back for now. Knock on wood, knock on wood. And that's exactly what James Franklin did. He's got a wooden desk, a wooden table in front of him. And James said it's dependent on the availability and the health of the roster. That's really what it is. It comes down to numbers. And 
right now at this point in time, after Tuesday, March 14th, James says that they want to return and they intend to go back to a more traditional blue and white game as opposed to a glorified practice because that's what it turned into. Uh, it moved towards And that's something that more college football programs are just doing. That's kind of become the norm, norm across the country. These glorified 15th practices, because essentially on the schedule, that's what the blue and white game is. The blue and white game is the 15th practice. Uh, so James wants to move to a game like situation and treat it with the game day atmosphere because the fans do that. The stadium does that. And so he wants to be able to play for the players to do that as well. Adding that it allows them to evaluate the players differently and see the progress that they've made and how they can handle being in a game like situation on a game day, because you don't play games in practice mode. You play them in game mode with Beaver Stadium lit up with as many fans as you can pack in uh, 75,000 plus, at least for the spring game. And James said he owes it to the 75,000 plus fans, which is highest in the country, I might add. No, no, no. We don't need to brag about it. But Penn State does put uh, on a very, very good game day atmosphere. For, for the blue and white game. And I think Texas bragged about 40,000 fans showing up to them. That was like a record for them or something. Oh, Penn state. Uh, we just do, we just do different things, do things differently over here as Nittany lion fans. Uh, we, we like our football a little better up here and show the support. I, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but what can I say? So takeaway number seven is that you can expect uh, barring anything crazy. Uh, if the roster is mostly intact, that there will be a blue and white game as opposed to the blue and white glorified practice. And I think that's, that's really neat they, that they want to get back to that because I was worried that they were just kind of going with the flow of college football. So it is locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, thanks again for making us your first listen. For your second listen, you got to check out the podcast Locked on College Basketball because March Madness is here. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know both on and off the court. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, players, coaches, and insiders throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, please give this video a like. Give the channel a subscription. Subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications for whenever new episodes are posted so that you know right away. All the spring ball action will be right here. The analysis plus Penn State men's basketball in the NCAA tournament. Will they advance past, past Texas A&M? How far will they get in the tournament? And that'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.